All right, so today's message, I titled it Unlimited Abundance. You're like, Cade, the last three times you spoke, you talked about money. You're going to talk about money again? And the answer is, yes, I sure am. (laughs) Because it takes a little while to get this. And I want you guys to get this. I really do. So we're going to be spending this whole time in Luke, the fifth chapter. But let's first go through what happens leading up to this story. So this is when Jesus's ministry is just getting started. You see, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And when that happened, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he was immediately led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Now there's a message in that right there, but we don't have time to get into it. So we're just gonna move on past that. Of course, the devil failed to get Jesus to sin. So after the 40 days was over, Jesus started his ministry. He started preaching and teaching the good news. And the people were astonished, as you can imagine, because this was things that they had never heard before. Well, you know, until he went back to his hometown, his friends, his family, all the people that he grew up with. He said, hey guys, I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit to teach the good news. You think they'd be excited about that, but what happened? They took him out back and they tried to stone him. They tried to kill him. So he departed from that place and he just continued not only to preach the gospel, but he was casting out unclean spirits. He was healing the sick. And one day, After a pretty long day, he went to a guy named Simon's house. I imagine it was to rest a little bit, but when he got there, Simon's mother-in-law was really sick. What did Jesus do? He rebuked the fever and instantly she was healed. And actually she felt so much better that she fixed them all dinner. How awesome is that? Okay, so, and then one after another, sick people were brought to Jesus and Jesus healed them one after another, which leads us in to Luke 5. So let's read it. As Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat on the boat and taught the crowds from there. So when you've read this in the past, you may have thought that this was the first time that Jesus met Simon, but it wasn't. Remember, we just talked about that Jesus actually went to Simon's house. Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law. And whenever he was healing people one after the other, I mean, when you read scripture, it kind of seems like maybe that happened at Simon's house. Maybe the people were being brought to Simon's house to be healed one after another. So Jesus already had Simon's respect at this point, which explains why Jesus asked to use Simon's boat and not the other boat. This reveals something about Jesus's character He invests in us first before he asks for something from Simon. Isn't that awesome? So, you know, often we think that Jesus just wants something from us. He wants 10% of our income. He wants our commitment. He wants our time. And yes, he does want all of those things, but the deal is he invested in you first. You see, we're not trying to buy salvation. It's already been given to us. Our job is to respond on what's already been done. You see, tithing, giving, and everything else we do is simply a response of what he's already done for us. It's how we say, thank you. It's how we worship. All this time, you guys may have thought that worship is singing songs on Sunday morning, but it turns out that worship is anything we do in response to God's love for us. So let's continue the story. It says, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out to where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. 
You see, up to this point, Jesus had performed two types of miracles, healing and casting out demons. They had not yet seen what else Jesus could do. So imagine, you just spent all day creating some sort of document at work, and then the power goes out and it's deleted. Or for you guys that don't work in an office, maybe you worked on a car all day, you get to the end of the day and it still doesn't work. Has that ever happened to you, Brian? <laughs> Kyle? <laughs> then, you know, a guy who you respect and you've seen him do some pretty cool things says, stay up all night and do it again. All right, Jesus, I've seen you heal people. I've heard you talk about some pretty cool stuff, but you really want me to fish more after I fished all night and caught nothing? Now, Jesus, you know that if you don't catch fish at night, you're even less likely to catch them during the day, right? So what convinced Simon to go ahead and do it anyways? The answer is found in scripture. It says, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So what did Jesus teach about? We don't know for sure, but I imagine that it was relevant to what was about to happen. It probably went something like this. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. What's the first command God gave us? Multiply. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Throughout the Bible, over and over, we see that God is a God of abundance and increase. He's not the God of barely get along. He's the God of more than enough. You know, I imagine this is what Jesus was teaching that day because in Romans 10, 17, it tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I don't think that Jesus would expect, would expect Simon to go out and go fishing again if he had not first taught Simon about increase and multiplication. Remember, there's no miracle up to this point that would have shown Simon that Jesus is capable of this type of miracle. The only thing that could stir up Peter's faith was the word of God. So let's continue on. This is what happened. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. So even after Jesus' teaching, Simon only took out one boat. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he went out knowing that he would catch, catch some fish this time but he still put a limit on what God could do. I like to just imagine the look on Jesus's face when Simon's rowing out in his one boat, you know? Jesus like, he knew what was about to happen. So after an, entire, after an entire night of fishing and catching nothing, in just a fraction of the time, they take their boat out and catch enough fish not to fill one boat, but two boats. You see, if Simon wouldn't have stepped out in faith, none of this would have happened. But since Simon did step out in faith, putting action to what he had just heard Jesus teach, God exceeded his expectations. He broke the limit that was in Simon's mind. 
You see, God requires our faith, but he does not require us to fully get it. You see, scripture says that all we need is faith the size of a mustard seed. You know, often we just think that we have to, the reason things aren't happening in our life is because our faith isn't big enough. It's not great enough. Remember, Simon just took out one boat, but God still multiplied that and filled two. He'll meet you where you're at. He will. And even if you think you're all the way there, he's gonna show up and he's gonna exceed your expectation. So this past week, I was at a conference in San Antonio, which is why I wasn't at church last Sunday. And I remember one of the speakers telling this story. You see, he had a daughter that was born without uh, some of her intestines, some of her organs. So the only way that she could eat was through a feeding tube, a liquid diet. Um, He had other kids as well, and he always wanted to take them to Disney. So when this this girl was five years old, he's like, now's the time, we're gonna take him to Disney. So as you can imagine, if you've ever been to an airport with just yourself, you know, it's even a bit of a challenge to get in and out. And actually, we took, Beth and I took our girls with us to San Antonio, and it was quite the experience. Because <laughs> when we're walking in, you know, we have, we have two bags, we have two car seats, we have a playpen, and we have two girls. But me and Beth only have two, two, two hands each, you know, so... It wasn't so bad like going into the Tulsa airport because we had some people that were going with us and they shared the same flight with us and luckily we got there at the same time, so they helped us. But on the way back, we were by ourselves, we're trying to drop off this rental car and we're trying to get the girls out of the car and then trying to get the car seats out of the car and the girls are screaming and we don't know where we're going because we've never been to this airport before. So we're walking across this parking lot, dropping the car seats. The girls are screaming, we're trying to pick it up. We're like... (laughs) The bag's getting stuck, you know, we're trying to get the bag to come along. So I can only imagine what it was like for this dad who had to get all this liquid food through the airport. Because you know what it's like trying to get liquids through the checkpoint. So they had to show up at the airport at 2 a.m. And they spent the whole day traveling. And so they finally get to Disney and they're going to check into their hotel. And the lady at the other end of the counter hands them two keys. Now, I've never been to Disney, but I've heard how expensive it is. And I imagine that at some point in my life, I'll be going to Disney. Because you guys know I have two girls, and I have another one on the way. So (laughs) at some point, Disney's going to come along, and they're going to empty my billfold. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. So anyways, the dad's like, oh, no, 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 wait, wait. We just reserved one room, because we don't have the budget for another room. The lady at the the other end of the counter just said, you know, we heard your daughter's story and we wanted to give you guys a second room so that your family could really enjoy your stay here at Disney this week. So my point in this story is if we have the ability as humans to exceed the expectations of another human, how much more can God exceed our expectations? You see, we think ordinary, but God thinks extraordinary. We think, just give me enough to get by. But God thinks abundance. We think, let me manage this addiction. God thinks freedom. We ask for the possible when God wants to do the impossible because he specializes in exceeding our expectations. All we have to do is take one tiny step of faith and bam, he shows up on the scene and exceeds our expectations. So now I wanna go back to the fourth verse because there's something else we can pull out of it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go to where it is deeper. Everybody say deeper. 
in general, our tendency is to do just enough to get by. So imagine, so I imagine that when Simon was up fishing all night, he took his boat out just far enough to where he knew there would be some fish because you know, it's quite a bit of effort to get out there. I imagine it's even more effort to get back because you're tired after a whole night of fishing. But notice that Jesus didn't ask Simon to go back, to, back, back out to where he was. He asked Simon to go out deeper. Go a little further than your comfort zone. Put in a little more effort than you did last time. Because if Simon didn't do this, he wouldn't be acting in faith. He would be acting in what he already knew. God wants you to move past your comfort zone. He wants you to move beyond what you can do on your own. Because it's then and only then that he can show up and exceed your expectations. And we already talked about this, but he's not asking for a big jump. He just wants you to go a little deeper than you did last time. That small step allows you to activate your faith and believe God for a miracle. It allows you to believe for boat sinking, abundance, and increase. So now let's get into the rest of the story. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please forgive me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. You know, it's quite apparent that Simon wasn't full of faith when he took his boat out the second time. He must have thought he'd only catch a few fish, which is definitely better than catching none. You know, we often put the disciples on a pedestal as if they had some kind of super faith that we're not capable of. But the truth is, they were just like us. So yes, Simon obeyed Jesus' command, but of course he had to give him a little bit of sass first. You guys remember that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lord, we've been up fishing all night, come on. And even though he obeyed, he still wasn't 100% sure of what Jesus could do, but Jesus still performed the miracle. If all it took from Simon was a bit of obedience and the tiniest bit of faith, then that's all it takes for Jesus to show up in your life. If you, if you want abundance and increase in your life, he just needs you to take that baby step, to go a little deeper and to have a little bit of faith in the fact that there are no limits to what he can do in your life. You know, this part of the story also reveals that Jesus was on the boat with them this whole time. He didn't send them out to do this on their own. He went on the journey with them. You know, I kind of imagine Jesus like standing at the shore and giving Peter this, this assignment. Now take your boat out again. I'm going to sit here and watch. But he was actually with him on the boat because it says that that whole conversation between him and Simon where Simon's like, forgive me, Lord. And then they landed. So that happened on the boat. So what does this mean for you? You're not alone in your journey to abundance. He's in the boat with you, encouraging you to row the boat just a little bit further this time. And after you get there, just a little bit deeper. And after you get there, just a little bit deeper. He may start by filling two boats, but it doesn't end there. Once again, Jesus wants you to go a little bit deeper so he can fill five. And then a little bit deeper so he can fill a hundred. And a little bit deeper so he can fill a thousand. And he's right there beside you, supporting you along your entire journey. 
He knows that there's no limits and he's excited to show that to you step by step. So the most important thing to point out from this story is that God brings abundance into our lives, not just so that we will have wealth, but so that our wealth can enable us to impact those around us. You see, Jesus took Simon Peter on this journey to change his mindset because Jesus couldn't have people on his team that had a poverty mindset because then they would go about the ministry saying, oh, it's okay, Jesus, we only healed a few people. That's, you know, we, all we need to do is touch a few people. But God wanted to change their mindset to an abundance mindset so that when, it, when they went out to minister to others, there was no limits to how many people that they could reach. You know, it's a common belief that Christians should be poor with just enough to get along. And we've believed it for years. We actually wear this poverty like a badge of honor. I'm a Christian and I'm poor. <laughs> the problem is this pours out over into how we reach others. We've become satisfied with just affecting a small group of people at our church. After all, if we believe for growth and accidentally become a mega church, we've decided to deviate from God's plan somehow, maybe water down the gospel. Because you know, all big churches are leading people away from Christ, not to them, right? The poverty mindset is a disease and it's robbed the church of its ability to fulfill its potential. I'm not saying that every church should be a mega church, but what I am saying is that our vision should always lean towards abundance. We should be a church that believes that we will always have more than enough to fulfill what God wants to do through this church. We should be a church that puts no limit on the amount of people that we could reach. And our vision as a church should always be bigger than the season we are in right now. Your vision for your life should always be bigger than the season you're in right now. This is the main point I want you guys to get today is that you have a responsibility to operate in abundance. You know, whenever I was entering into my adult life, I had a poverty mindset for some reason. And I'm not really sure, but it's probably from that idea that like to be a good Christian, you have to be poor. You kind of have to wear that poverty as a badge of honor. And God walked me through this, this journey. I mean, it's been like 10, 11 years now. And there came a point where I was able to get rid of the poverty mindset and to trust God for the next level. And he got me there. But then I got there and it was really comfortable. Like it was really comfortable. Like we had for the first time in like seven or eight years, Beth and I had actually more than enough money to like pay the bills. And so life was pretty fun. It got comfortable and it became something that we could do on our own. Because what's interesting is that like to get to the next level financially, like God has to be in it. God has to move you there. You have to operate in faith just like Peter did and let him show up and fill two boats. But once you get there, you have the ability to kind of maintain it on your own because God's given you the tools that you need to be there. And he's given you the understanding that you need to be there. And it gets dangerous because we get comfortable. And I can remember about a year and a half ago, God spoke to me and he's like, okay, when are you gonna believe me for the next level? I'm like, God, this is great. I thought this is, I thought this is where you wanted me to go. But he began to, to pour into my life. And I remember him saying to me, I want you to believe beyond what you can do on your own. 
You see, for the church to operate in abundance, you have to operate in abundance. Not just me, not just pastor. Every person in this room needs to operate in abundance. Jesus took Simon Peter on this adventure, not just to make him successful, but so that Peter would come onto Jesus's team with a no limits mindset. You better know that after this, Peter did not put a limit on the amount of people that Jesus could heal, on the amount of people that Jesus could touch. He's like, oh, I know what Jesus can do. And there, there's no limits here. So let's go ahead and recap this story by backing up a little bit. A shout for help brought the partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. I want you to notice that the second boat didn't go out with the first. They were hanging out on the shore, waiting to see what was gonna happen. And even though the second boat was faithless, they were able to latch on to Peter's faith and their boat was filled with fish as well. So if we're struggling to be a faith leader, then we should surround ourselves with people who are. If you struggle to believe God for finances, then surround yourself by people who are living an abundant life so that you can latch onto their blessing and eventually take it, to your, take it for yourself. And if you struggle to believe God for healing, surround yourself by people who walk in health so that you can latch onto their faith and eventually believe it for yourself. The goal here is not to rely on others for abundance. The goal here is to become a faith leader yourself so that abundance can overflow to those around you. Abundance is not just for you. It overflows onto those around you. You see, Jesus made the first investment in Simon by teaching him and by healing his mother-in-law. Remember that? But then Simon gave to Jesus. It may have been an empty boat, not really a great gift there, but still Simon gave what he had available at the time. And Jesus took this gift and he multiplied it by filling two boats with fish. You see, Simon's blessing, forgiving, obeying and stepping out in faith not only benefited him, but it benefited those around him. Remember the guys in the second boat? And even beyond that, just think of the lives that have been affected by this story that we read today. Our lives are affected by this story today. So Peter's abundance is still overflowing onto others today. And that should be what we're going for. So I got three next steps for you today. And the first one is to accept your responsibility to live in poverty, because that's what Christians are supposed to do. No, accept your responsibility to live in abundance. This isn't something that is just for a select few. This is something that's for every believer. God has a vision for his children to live in abundance because money is not a big deal to God. It's not a big deal. But he knows that it's a tool that we can use to reach other people. And so that when we operate in abundance individually, then the church operates in abundance, we can make a big impact. Second one, I want you to respond to Jesus's investment in you by giving back to him. If you're not on board with the giving train, if you're not tithing, if you're not giving offerings and all that, it's, it's time to jump on board and just do it because there's promises in the word. God says when, he, when we give 10% of our income, he shows up, he rebukes the devourer, he heaps on a blessing so much we can't contain it. So at what point do we take him on his word, believe it and just do it? And it's not, 
It's not gonna be comfortable. Remember, you gotta take that step out of your comfort zone. Oh, this isn't comfortable. I might need that to pay a bill or something. But when you step out in faith, you're like, I'm gonna pay my tithe and I'm gonna believe God that my bills are gonna get paid. It's gonna happen. If you think I'm crazy, I'm sorry. I just believe the word because God wrote it for me. All right, last one. Take a step of faith and believe that God is going to bring you boat sinking abundance. Not a leap, just a step. You guys can do this, I promise. Just make sure it's a little uncomfortable. Make sure it's a little bit out of your comfort zone. Make sure you have to put in a little bit more effort than you did last time. God's gonna show up. He's gonna change your life. I know this is hard to get. I didn't get it in one Sunday preaching, teaching. I didn't get it with one book that I read or, or whatever. Like I said, it took me a journey of a long time. And I hope that by me being up here and sharing the word with you, that it won't take you that long because I need all of you guys to operate in abundance because God's got a big plan for this church. It's huge. We got to expand our thinking, not just for this church, but for our personal lives. And I promise you that along this journey, money's going to become not a big deal. You're going to have a lot of money and it's not going to be a big deal. You're going to be like, it's just numbers on a screen at that point. So Lord, we thank you so much for abundance. Lord, we ask that you remove the lies of the enemy that say that we have to live in poverty because we know that's not what your word says. We know that you're a God of abundance. You're not the God of barely get along. You're the God of more than enough. God, we wanna live in your plan for our lives. So whatever it takes, God, whatever, whatever needs to happen for us to change our mindset, for us to renew our minds, God, we ask that you bring that into our lives. We ask that you lead us to messages online, to books to read and things like that, that we need to renew our mind. Only you know what those things are. You've led me on that path and I know that you can lead every person in this room on that path. And God, even for myself, I am not gonna be stuck where I am. I'm not just gonna settle in and get comfortable. I'm gonna believe you for the next step. And everybody in this room, once they get to the next step, they're gonna believe you for the next one and the next one and the next one. God, thank you for renewing our minds this morning. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give God a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord.